0: Tzoraim so, Tov, we continue in the Nefesh Shimshon from Shemshem Pincus. We're in the middle of the Bracha Avaraba. We're talking about the great love that Hashem has to us and that's associated with the giving of the Torah to us. So we're in the middle of discussing this that Hashem is always our Father. He always wants what's best for us. And therefore we ended off with the following that the Torah was not given only to the unique individuals of the generation but since the Torah is given out of love and Hashem loves every Jew like a father loves a child this love is not dependent on the level and the virtues of the child Hashem anticipates from each and every one of us to grow and become great because the father always anticipates that a child should succeed and be a Talmud Chochem and there is no uh, anguish, like the anguish of a father of a child who's not capable of learning. So therefore, Hashem loves us and is looking forward from each and every one of us for another moment of learning Torah. Every moment that we learn Torah is very special. As Chazal say that when you learn Torah, it's like you're learning with a Baruch Hu with your chavrusa. Nothing gives Hashem the pleasure as like a father learning with a child. So therefore, the only way that person will merit Torah and will be uh, associated with, you know, being a ben Torah, so to speak, is only through love. And with love, there are various levels. And we're saying that the Torah can only be merited with an abundant love, that Hashem loves us with a lot of Mercy and compassion and without mercy and compassion. That's unique to Hashem It's not possible for us to have this Torah because Torah is otherworldly knowledge And that can only come as a gift from Hashem And We also when we Call uh, when we we say that Hashem is not just only avino averachamun, but Hashem we also refer to him as avino Malkenu, bavur avosenu Shabbat our Father and King because of our fathers who put trust in you. So what are we adding with the word Malkenu over here? So we already discussed the idea of Avinu Malkeinu as a very unique prayer that said in Rosh Hashanah. The Assyrians made tshuva, yom on a fast day. And the Gemara and Ta'ina says that there was a, a shortage of rainfall. And Rebbe Lazer gave going up in front of the Ark to pray, and nothing happens. Rabbi Kiva came and said Avinu Malkeinu, then he got answered immediately. And just like when we finish saying the Tachanun in the morning. And we say, Our Father, our King, have compassion on us. Answer us, for we have no actions. Do to us a charitable kindness and save us. So we don't know what else to do. And the Abu Dram explains, we've already done everything we could. We stood at the Amida. We fell on our face. And we said of Inumalkenu. Now, what else is there left to do? We don't know what else to do because these are all powerful tools in our arsenal. And that's what we say because there's two ways that Hashem can conduct himself with the world. One is the conduct of Hashem as king over the whole world. As we say, Melech Bemishbat Yamidaritz. That judgment is clear and powerful and strong based on reward and punishment of what we deserve. But with the Jewish people, Hashem has another relationship with us especially, and that's the love of a father to a child. It's a conduct with love that can never be broken. And therefore, we see there's a chiddush, an insight in the order of kingship itself. There's a place for fatherly love within the kingdom. All children of the king know that they're treated different than everybody else. So when we are talking about the son of the king, the proper way of understanding is first, it's Avinu and then Malkanu. He's not stomach king, but he's a king who's our father. And those are two sources of infinite mercy. So when we preface Avinu, Malkeinu, and Hashem, we say you're pouring love That doesn't stop. So we continue asking you, we're davening, for success in Torah. Because just like a person who finds himself in a life-dangerous situation, he can't stop screaming, Father, so to a life without Torah is a life-threatening situation, and we scream to our Father to have Torah. Okay. But now he continues and says, wait a minute. Okay, we're using certain uh, metaphoric relationships that we have with Hashem. So He's our Father. But we know there are other relationships that we use to describe our relationship with Hashem. And there's also the relationship of a husband and wife. And as close as a relationship between a parent and a child is, it still doesn't have the same quality between a man and his spouse that partnership between spouses is a totally different relationship. And at the giving of the Torah at Sinai, we see that there was the analogy of a husband and wife. So why, when we're praying for Torah, do we use the attribute of father to child and not the attribute of spouse to spouse? So, the answer there, we have to look at what the Kabbalists tell us. Why we sell Vino Malkano here? Because as we're on the ladder of prayer, we are still not on that highest level of that tremendous closeness like two spouses. That only begins in the Amida. When we say the words Laman Shemo Be'ahavar, and we end Hamivarech Esamo Yisrael Shalom. Okay, so therefore, at Matan Torah, when well we got the Torah, that's this week's Parsha, and Shlomach writes that we merited. It, it, says in Kohel, in, in, in Sheh Hashem, kiss me with the kisses of your mouth, because Hashem spoke to us face to face. Now what does that mean? mean there was no intermediary between Hashem and us. Okay. And, uh, But right now, and that happened at Sinai, but we haven't reached that space yet. Okay. Right now we're in the world of nature. We finished the brachas. We finished Psyche de Zimra. We've come to the world of Malachim and we're going further. And we're in the world of Torah and the great connection we have with Torah. But there's still a higher level. Where you can really feel the innermost aspect and the sweetness of Torah. And that aspect we only ask for in Shmonasri. As we shall see, there are two aspects of learning Torah. And what do we say at the end of the Amidah? God, our Father, bless us all together as one with the radiant. Light of your face. Because with that you gave us a living Torah. That's the highest level, the end of the Amida. Such a closeness to Hashem. That's the level of between two spouses. But right now we're in the third stage of the Shema and its brachas. So we're still discussing the issue of Lil Modalilamate. To learn and to teach, leash more to garden, to do is called to fulfill everything in the Torah. So therefore, we still are calling Hashem the Avinu Malkeinu. Only later, when we want to bask in the light of the Torah, to be in the level of face to face, Hashem is speaking to us that we received at matan Torah. That's already husband and wife relationship. But if you want to reach that, at least that first level of Torah, and even though that's considered dveikis Bashem to some extent, like a parent to a child, but still it needs love. And without a lot of love and a lot of mercy, we don't have the beginning of understanding this concept of connection to Torah. There's enough connection when we're talking about the songs of the angels and Yotzer HaMoros, and the Melach Teil Kayam, But to merit the level of Torah that the prophets say, no eye has seen its pleasure except Hashem. We're not there yet. But we still need an Avarabah with an Avinu Malkado. In other words, we're not at the highest level of Limudah Torah. The highest level of Torah is going to come later in the Amidah. And now, Rav Pink is going to teach us in this brach of Avarabah. You know there is an opinion in the Gemara if you did not say Birchas Hatayra, and now you're davening Shachris Evan, If you say Avirabba, you have fulfilled the mitzvah Birchas Hatayra. But you'd have to learn Torah right after you finish davening. So what's going on over here? So really, if you look carefully in the Abba Rabba prayer, it will have to somehow, you'll see two elements here. We start with Avinu Malkeinu, our father, our king, because of our, in the merit of our fathers who trusted in you and you taught them the, the laws of life. Have mercy on us and teach us, that's clause number one. Clause number two, we say Avinu Abba our merciful father. Have mercy on us. So, why do we need two aspects of Avinu? So, the under explanation is because there's two brachas in Birchasat Torah. The first one is La'asok Bidivre Torah. We should be engrossed in the study of Torah. Varev, then it should be sweet. And Hashem is ah, meh, meh, Torah Israel. He teaches Torah to his nation Israel. But the second one is that Hashem chose us from all the people. What's the aspect of these two brachos over here? So truthfully, in Talmud Torah, in the study of Torah, there are two aspects. There's number one, the mitzvah of studying Torah, like any one of the 613 mitzvahs. And we're told, and teach it to your children. That's a mitzvah de raisa, to learn Torah at all times. And that's what the first bracha about, that Hashem sanctified us and commanded us to engage in the words of Torah. Just like other brachas of mitzvah. And the only way you really can do that mitzvah the best way is if it's sweet. You're, you're learning Torah. How are you going to learn Torah the best way possible if you're enjoying it? If you love learning Torah, then you'll be able to learn Torah. So that's the first bracha, but there's another part to the learning Torah, besides the mitzvah aspect. There is also a concept of gratefulness and the fact that the Torah, which is the tool of the ultimate dveikus to Hashem, of Hashem Himself, which is beyond all the mitzvahs and is separated from all that. That's a new reality. The reason why we were created was for dveikus to cling to Hashem. And a person is able to attach themselves to Hashem in a deeper way through the learning of Torah than in other ways. Because the Torah is as it is quote unquote the mind of Hashem. And your mind melding with Hashem that the way Hashem thinks you've been allowed to go into the inner sanctum of HaKadosh Baruch whose thoughts And that is real dveikus. And that's why he says, So he chose us from all the people. We are his delight that he himself, so to speak, is connecting with us through the Torah. And that's a different brach of thanksgiving and the giving the Torah and the ability to bond with Hashem. These are the two aspects of Torah. So therefore, in the brach of Ava, we have two arrangements. We have on the one hand of Enum our father, our king. What do we say? Because of our forefathers who trusted you and you taught them the ways of life. Mean to say, since there's no other way to merit Torah except through love. So we mention the fact of love. And the reason that Uh, it it comes to us, is Hashem loves us because we're his people and because of the merits of the patriarchs, not because as the apostles were a big nation that Hashem want us and choose us, but because Hashem has a great love and he keeps the comedy made with the patriarchs. So that's the first request that we should be able to learn Torah. Yes, give us the, the ability through your love, that we can really learn and understand Torah. But then comes the second request, besides fulfilling the myths of learning Torah, but the goal of all goals of Inu Avarachamun, our Father, our Merciful Father, Hamarachim, for what? The same put it in our hearts, to understand clearly. To hear and to learn and to teach. So the first one is, You should have, um, we should find favor in your hearts and you should teach it to us. We should learn the Torah. But then we want more mercy, a special mercy for the unique goal to put in our hearts to understand, to really get it, and to get the closest with Hashem. So these are the two aspects of Torah that we're looking for, even though that's still not the highest level. Because the highest level of Torah is that which we'll find in the Amida when we're mamish only with a HaKadosh Baruch. And why do we merit all this? So we said, we, let's go back to that clause. <speaking in Hebrew> because of our forefathers who had, who had trust in you, the main problem of why we don't succeed in learning Torah is we don't believe in ourselves. We don't believe in our powers. We don't believe that it's possible to have a love of Torah to such a level, to such a desire of Torah. And that's a very natural feeling that people can have. Because the people only really are yearning for things that they think they logically can attain. As Ebenezer explains on the tenth commandment, lo Sachmo, you should not covet. And the famous question is how can God uh, legislate our feelings? Listen if I'm jealous, I'm jealous. I can tell me not to be jealous. So he gives the famous analogy of the of the pauper. The, the the farmer who has, is not sophisticated he's uncouth and he knows there's a princess he never in his wildest dreams imagines he can be married to the princess because she's so beyond his league he doesn't even think about it and that's the way other people's uh, belongings should be to you it's not yours you don't even think about it but unfortunately people think about being able to acquire Torah as something that's beyond it's like the princess. I don't see how, just like I don't see how I can be a millionaire, I don't see how I can be a Talmud Chacham. And therefore we feel that if we spend a little extra time in learning Torah, we're wasting our time. Why? Because either way, if I learn another half hour or less or more, I'm not going to be a Talmud Chacham anyway. I mean, have thoughts like that. But those are all trade thoughts. Those are thoughts as... Hashem says that sin crouches by the door. And therefore we have to know that even Avas Torah, true Avas Torah, you know, may not be according to our levels. It's, It's way beyond what we can understand. But you can get it as a gift. Hashem can gift us things. He can gift us things just like you could win the lottery and never dreamt you could get the lottery. The biggest lottery is to have the gift of Torah. And then we say, Avinu malkeinu, because our fathers who had trust in you, It all starts with be to Hashem to believe that Hashem can do anything. He can make me a person who loves Torah. He can make me a person who spends every extra minute, my spare time, just wanting to learn Torah. Avram Avinu never thought he could reach the levels of being a patriarch. But he trusted in Hashem and he did what he could do. He was a trustworthy servant to Hashem. He broke his Yetzirah and he didn't think it was a waste of time and he became a patriarch. Okay, so really at the end of the day, we're speaking about something that's against our nature and there's no natural way to reach this. So therefore, To be a success in Torah needs supernatural help from Hashem. And therefore we say, because our fathers who trusted in you and you taught them the ways of life, so do the same for us. We Please give us a free gift. Not because I made the effort, I made the work. Because all the effort in the world can't reach the depths of Torah. But, But because I believe in your goodness and the kindness and the love that you have. And I want to be part of them being a recipient of that love. So Hashem, can you give it to me as a gift? So therefore, the only way you really can get Torah is to have the tochen and Hashem, to just not believe that the Hashem exists, but that Hashem can give us talents. Okay, and therefore, that the way we're going to get Torah is only from Hashem's love. So therefore, we know what Hashem even does? He preceded the giving before we even had the love. What does that mean? In two ways. Every Jewish soul was sitting at Sinai. Me and you, our souls were at Sinai. Hashem gave us our portion in Torah before we did anything. Number two, when we are growing inside our mother's womb, we are taught the entire Torah. So that means Hashem has already given us Torah, a connection to this dveikos. And that love of Hashem is even before we've actually deserved it. And it precedes the ultimate gift that we want to get in our lives. And that's part of the bitochon and the Amuna to know and believe that because of the power of the giving of the Torah and because of the covenant that Hashem made with us, at sinai each one of us is and has an essential part of torah so it's not possible to say a person can't learn torah because it's all prepared hashem has a love for each and every one of us from the time we're born we just have to exploit the opportunities and make efforts and then we will merit as it says in this world and in the next world. And this is the connection to Torah, which will certainly arouse our love for our Kodesh Borah. Now, as we continue in the Ammarabba prayer, something unusual comes up over here. In the middle of Ava, Rabbah, we're asking for Torah to understand, to listen, to learn, to teach, to keep, to do. All of a sudden, we start making a separate request. Towards right at the end, we say, He should bring us in from the four corners of the earth, and bring us into our land. It's the request for the geulah Shlema and the Biya Where does this come in the middle of the request for Torah? How does that fit in? I mean, we understand, Hashem, you love us. You have such a love. And with this love, we're asking you for for really lots of Torah. That connection to Hashem. And we believe that you can give us this Torah. And we want both aspects of the Torah. And all of a sudden, we throw in, Hashem, bring the Mashiach. So he explains a fundamental point in every aspect of prayer. There's two types of halachas of prayer. One is tevila, prayer, and the other is called matzav shel tevila. The matzav, the situation of prayer. What does that mean? We've discussed this idea from others in a different way, but it's the same point really. So when a person begins to daven the Amid and he says, Baruch Ato Hashem, he is in a state of made Lifnei Amelech. He is standing before the king. He's in a state of prayer. And then there's the actual prayer where we ask things from Hashem, such as intelligence, redemption, salvation, healing, and parnos. So even though there's an aspect of the situation of prayer, and it's only said by Shmona Esri. This aspect of being in God's presence, and it's only said by Shmona Esri. The truth of the matter is, we can really extend this idea in every form of prayer. There is an aspect of tefillah. But not necessarily like the Shmona Esri, where Mama's standing before the king, and you have to have your feet together, but the truth is, any part of the prayer before the Amida, you always are in a state of prayer. Whatever that area of prayer is, you're in that state. So notwithstanding by the Amida, you're in a state of prayer. And what's that state of prayer? That your mom is in front of Hashem. That's the state of prayer. Besides what you're asking, you have to be in a state that's sitting before a Hashem. But the other prayers, even though they're not before Hashem, there has to be a state of that prayer. And the early rabbis call prayer, drawing the brains. That through prayer, we have added bracha within all the worlds. And what happens after prayer? The brains go away. Now, we're not exactly sure what the depths of this means, but one thing's for sure, that we're engaged in prayer. So we should be in the aspect of whatever aspect we're davening for. So when we say, for example, Rephaeno, then the world fills up with healing. When we say, ircha tashu dibarta, That is a moment of ghost. Ge'ula. We're in the world of Ge'ula. But you can't think about that all the time. Okay. It'd be nice if we could. Then the gula would be here forever. And then we eventually stop thinking about that. So there's this aspect of being in the moment that you're at. So it's interesting, when Yosef and Binyamin meet after so many years, it says that Yosef fell on the necks of Binyamin and he cried and Binyamin cried on his neck. Rashi says, why? Yosef cried on Binyamin's neck because he saw the two Batei Mikdashas that were in Binyamin's portion we destroyed. And Binyamin saw that the Mishkan, Shiloh, and Yosef portion would be destroyed. And the obvious question we all have is, what does the Beis Migdash have to do with this meeting? Okay. Yeah, obviously when they're meeting, they should be asking about each other. Discussing the past. What's this idea with the Beis Hamigdash coming? So there's a lot of discussion on this topic. But since for Pincus this question, is really not a question. Because if you understand what the Beis Hamidish is, the Beis Hamidish is the Hashros Hashkina, is when the Shekina is is with us. We're connected with Hashem. So the question always is, at all the time, how does Hashem enter when we meet with Hashem? Is there anything but Hashem? So let's look at the joy that was when Yosef and Binyamin met. It was a joy of Jewish unity. And with that Jewish unity, the Shekhinah was there. And that itself is Gul Hash So they already rejoiced the fact that two brothers could hug with each other and have Achtos in unity. And the Shekhinah is there. But they're always aware of the Shekhinah. And when they saw in the future the Besam ministry were destroyed, they started to cry. Because they're always have awareness. When Yaakov met Rachel for the first time it says Yaakov kissed Rachel he lifted up his eyes and he cried and Rashi says because he saw in Ruach Godesh, he would not be buried with her in Hevron. And the question is what does their meeting have to do with Hevron? and later right now they're together. What do you got to worry about being buried? But again if you ask that question you don't really know what's going on over there. Yaakov is the chariot of the Mida of Tiferes the Midah of Kut Shabrichu, of the reality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, manifests in the world uh, of giving. And Rachel is the aspect of Shechina Hakidosha, where the Kut Shabrichu gives into the Shechina. And Yaakov, meaning Rachel, was the aspect of unifying Kut Shabrichu with the Shechina. And the are beginning to cry. Why? Because at this point, although there's a great Yichud and a unity and a great feeling of redemption, but that's not going to last forever because at the end the Jews are going to go into Rachel Rachel's going to be buried in Kavarachal and Yaakov and Morosah of Pela. And if Rachel would have been buried in Chevron, then that would have been the Mashiach. And all the is because Rachel and Yaakov are separated. And that's how it was with all the holy patriarchs, with Yosef and Yaman. There's no other thought on their mind except the redemption of Israel uh, that's on their mind 24/7, 365. And if they see a moment where that's not going to happen, that impacts them. But what do we see? The idea of the Geula Yisroel is the unification of Kodesh with the Shechina, Klal Yisroel living totally with a Baruch Hu. Okay. We're going to have to stop it here. We have not yet come to answer the question, why are we mentioning the fact of the Geula with the learning of Torah? But we've come to the point to say that the Geula is really everything rotates around the Geula. And with that, we will be able to be in a position to answer that question, and then tomorrow to continue with the very end of the bracha of Avaraba as well. Thank you. Okay.